3: Recorded live. <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> not <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti Amore, a.k.a. Brother Michael. Uh, I got memory of Brother Sarghiti tonight. Uh, Brother Ravana Noon will be joining us this evening. Uh, he had to take care of some personal uh, business. Uh, he'll be back with us next week. Um, so before we begin, Brother Sarge, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. This is Brother Sarghiti. As I've
4: stated on many other shows, I have walked and and walking many different paths. You know, I've experienced things from the nation of Islam to Nawapianism to Sufism, on and on and on. And pretty much any path you go on, it all leads to self-mastery, self-understanding,
2: self-discovery. All right, I appreciate that, brother. Uh, same thing with myself, uh, as my brother, pretty much walked all these uh, different paths, schools of learning or levels of learning um, to get us to the point where we're at now. And that's what this show deals with. It deals with the occult. It deals with spiritual magic, ancestral worship. This is not a religious show. Uh, we, by no way, shape, form, or fashion, condone one specific ideology. We don't, you know subscribe to one specific organization or group, so this is not the spot for you. Um, this show is about you obtaining the path to self-mastery. That's what this is about. So if you believe something outside of yourself is going to get you there, then this is definitely a show for you. Uh, what the show or the topics that we discuss from the, the various different guests that we've had on the show. Um, be it Dr. Phil Valentine, Doctor Delbert Blair we've had on the show, uh, Brother Panic, Doctor Edward Bruce Bynum, Doctor Jewel Pulkram. Um, we've made it clear we bring these people on the show just to give you the listeners that broad perspective of the level of information that's out there because uh, you know, unfortunately some people who may not have experienced uh, different levels of level different levels of information or learning Uh, we'll find that there's been many great leaders and teachers talking about this information for for a multitude of years that go, you know, know, way back. Uh, But the objective is when we brought them on the show in the past was not because we agree with everything that they say. Again, that was to give you, the listeners, a perspective um, so you can hear the avenue that everybody's coming from. And then it's up to you to take that information and do with it how it's going to apply to you because information or well, the levels of it is going to vary pertaining to individual to individual. So we want to make that clear. Uh, we don't, again, agree with everything that an individual guest comes when we do have guests on the show. Now, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with what they call the dark arts, black magic. Uh, we just did a three-part three, three part series, of show of the ideology of who the Siths were, we kind of tied it into the fictional aspect from the Star Wars trilogy, since that movie, they're getting ready to drop another uh, series in that movie taking you back into that dark side mentality. Um, And then we gave you the factual aspect of it from from an alchemical or a metaphysical perspective. Um, So what we're going to focus on Going into tonight's show, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus on what they call the dark arts. We're going to focus on different levels of magic. Um, we first have to get locked out of our heads, and this only applies to those that may be new to that arena. So if you're not new to this, then this doesn't apply to you. We first have to eliminate all the terminologies that are associated with those words. For an example, people hear the word black magic, dark arts, and occultism, and automatically, because of surface information that one reads, or as I like to call them the Google scholars, uh, you know, they'll they'll associate it with what we know today as modern-day Satanism or devil worship. That's not the type of black arts we're talking or, about. Or also, or,
4: or also, you know, automatically, they associate the inverted five-point star and the Baphomet. Yes. You know those yes. those, are fam- those are famous conscious symbols.
2: Correct. Excellent point. So we're going to eliminate those myths tonight. Remember, uh, what they call what they call modern day or what we know as modern day Satanism was just a system that individuals who were opposed to Judeo Christianity or monotheistic beliefs created. It's it's fictitious. It has nothing to do with melanated people. Number one. Um, so we're not talking about that in any shape, form, or fashion. When we talk about the darkness and darkment or the dark, chaotic energy, uh, we likened it to many different levels or states of consciousness. We use the deity set for an example, as we talked about uh, in the past. Um, a deity that's probably one of the most the most misrepresented and never never portrayed in the correct light because nobody really understands the mysteries of Set or Satuk or Seth, depending on what, uh, you know, level of information you're coming from. Uh, he is represented for an example as an archetype energy of, of the dark chaotic energy, dark chaos. Uh, and that just represents, as we said over the last several weeks, undefinable, no boundaries, unlimited potential. Now, as we said, in order to have organization first, you have to have chaos and confusion. That's another word that we have to eliminate the negative connotation that comes with it because when people hear the word uh, chaos, again, the programmed definitions of that word come to mind. So when when we say the word chaos, we're saying undefinable, unlimited, no boundaries. And true magic, as we're going to talk about tonight, we're not going to be able to obviously get into every uh, forms and aspect of it, uh, we'll talk about as much as as much of it as we can. True magic is just simply the manipulation of the subconscious mind. Now, as we've known over the last, I guess, 10 years or so, uh, Egypt's become a hot topic. Everybody, everybody in the conscious community is Egypt this, Egypt that. Everybody wants to dress Egyptian, look Egyptian. Commit, 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 commit. (laughs) Yeah, everybody, everybody wants to play the role. Now, I want to kind of bring up. Let's talk about a form of magic first: invocation or or invoking the spirits or the deities. Now, we got a lot of book readers and or like what I like to call armchair magicians. Now, I want to kind of pick up where we somewhere we left off last week towards the end of the show when we were talking about. It's, it's great if you can read about all this stuff, but we, we have to start asking ourselves, if we can't put any of this stuff into practice, then what's the point? Other than sounding good, looking good on the outside, but there's really nothing going on on the inside, inside the mind, and most importantly inside that heart chakra where none of that magic is, is being worked. So when we've we got to understand the difference. A lot of people who say they're conscious and don't believe in the spook gods, um, they still have that monotheistic mentality, even though they have left what they were into prior, but they still they come into the Yoruba pantheon and deal with the, the Aruba deities or the Egyptian, the Teru, or Natharun. they still coming from that religious mind state, and they're not consciously aware of it. Now, the difference between invoking a spirit or as opposed to what somebody who had a religious belief would be praying to something, because praying is asking. And there's a difference when you invoke a spirit, you activate the archetype energy that is attached to that spirit. Now, when we go into these different cultures, as we see for an example, uh, amongst the Yoruba, we know each deity ties into one, a nature element, or each represents an aspect of the subconscious mind or personality. Now, believe it or not, unfortunately, when we deal, for, for an example, with the Yoruba deities, Everybody always has the, the surface explanations on it. And, again, I like to call them the Google stocks, Google scholars. Now, I also want to stress what speaking firsthand from experience being initiated into these mysteries is a little bit different than reading it. So these are paths that we're talking about tonight that myself, brother, Sargidi, and I'm sure maybe some of the listeners listening have actually traveled. So it's different when you've actually traveled, experienced it, as opposed to just reading about it and then saying, well, you know, this is this and this is that. We got, we, we got a lot of people that, like I said, they're book readers. They want to school you on magic and ancestral worship, but yet they've never been initiated into any of these systems. So they're going based on what they read or what their teacher or leader or, or, or guru told them, and they've never experienced it for themselves. So you can only speak on a certain level, especially when it comes to magic. We're not talking about history now. Because history is history. It's just written words. It's research. And anybody can study and research history. So what we're saying tonight, we're not talking about stroking your ego and telling you how great you were back in Egypt and Egypt was this in its glory. That shit isn't going to do nothing for you in this day and time of 2015. So we're not talking about history. And the problem that's going on in the conscious community is we have a lot of over-intellectualizing going on, but we have nobody working this information, or putting this information into practice. So we're talking about literally working the magical formulas, invoking the deities and the spirits. We're talking about working with talismans and charms, crystal magic, candle magic, working with these different energies, which are just tools and symbols that one can use to enhance the spiritual experience. Are they necessary or mandatory? By no means. So you take what applies to you. And I want to stress, there's no one particular right or wrong way. What you're going to find is the most powerful magic is the magic that you self-create. We'll give you references, information, books that you can go research to look into, but by all means, as we've said in the past, don't follow the book to the letter or to the T. It should just be a general idea because when you're following somebody else's system to the T, you are incorporating that person's energy into your ritual, and that's what you don't want to do. So the, the objective is, is to get an idea, and from that idea, create your own magical ritual. So again, there is no right or wrong way, because when we establish that right or wrong way, then we're back to religion again. We're back to the do's and the do nots. And the only individual that can govern your spirit, spirituality, especially on the magical path, is yourself. So it all exists. Within the subconscious mind, which leads to activation of the superconscious mind. All right. So invoking the spirits would be, first of all, a good book to check out. You might want to check this out. There's a portion of magic called the Middle Pillar, and there's a book written by Israel Regalys called The Middle Pillar. I would suggest people check that out for research purposes. Now, when one is invoking a spirit, one first has to banish his 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 personal space. It could be your shrine. It could be in a collective or a group or individual setting, one would first have to perform what they call the banishing ritual, which would be clearing the space of any negativity. Now there's certain uh, mantras, chants, and specific languages one can use if they were trying to activate an archetype deity. If it was ancient Egypt, one can use uh, what they would call some d- different dialects from the uh, hieroglyphic script, if it was the ancient Sumerians and you were trying to to invoke a spirit from that pantheon, you would use the cuneiform form of the Sumerian language. If it was uh, Sufi rites, you would use classical Arabic, etc. So one would use certain conjurations or phrases to banish or cleanse the space that they would get ready to work with. Uh, and again, we're going to give you the short forms. But obviously, we, can, we can't go through this in detail. We don't have the time. And After that, then one would particular if one was let's let's say as we mentioned earlier, one was trying to invoke Tahuti. Now, one would have to activate what aspect of Tahuti they would be trying to activate. Now, for an example, Tahuti, when dealing with some of the mystery schools of magic, deals with the enhancement of the intellect, uh, enhancement of uh, of intuition and clairvoyance. So one would could petition the deity Tahuti to increase. Those spiritual powers of the subconscious mind. Now, we also want to make this clear. When dealing with these, remember, these aren't literal deities, regardless of what you would like to believe and what you've read. These are different archetype energies with are representations of the subconscious mind. None of it exists outside of the subconscious mind. Um, these were things that were created after the fact so mortals could gravitate towards them. The problem is this is how religions began. Because when these things became deified outside of themselves, then people started to worship these things. And then the connection or the spiritual energy and magic that was affiliated with that, it, it, it became minimized. And now now we got to man worship and, and dealing with things outside of ourselves. Um, brother Saw, is anything you want to add to that?
4: Uh, no, nah, brother, you can keep well. going.
2: Okay. So in invoking, now in different cultures, The systems, again, they vary from culture to culture. Um, You can pull from whatever method speaks to your spirit, okay? Now, an important important aspect to understanding this, we went over the seven hermetic principles. Uh, A book that we have referred people to was the Three Initiates, falsely called the Kabbalion. Um, And it gets into understanding these seven principles to work spiritual alchemy or magic is key because, remember, it's, it's all charged by your intent, okay? Now, when you're working magic, if the intent is not a reasonable one, a reasonable one just about, justified by the forces of nature or universal law, nine out of ten times it doesn't work. So you have to really sit back and meditate and focus on the intent that you're working a magical purpose for. Now, you'll find you have certain people that will work magic exclusively just to obtain, you know, physical desires, physical things. That's not how this works. Um, you can influence the energy, but if it's, if it's done to the point where it's just solely for personal gain, that's not how the laws of the universe work. So intent is the key. But real quick, let's go through uh, briefly. We're not going to go through them all in detail. Just a, a quick refresher on what these seven principles are. Because to understand the seven hermetic principles, as some call it, because, uh, again, you have everybody screaming about understanding math, math, this, math, that, math. Everybody's on this math kick, and they don't understand. You can't fully have a thorough Break down or, or, or grasp what that is if you do not understand the seven hermetic principles. It's literally impossible. So what are these seven hermetic principles? Uh, the principle of mentalism, which is the all is mind, the universe is mental. Okay? Everything in the universe is mental. All is mind and the mind is all. This was the first thing the, the Egyptian magicians taught. Any great spiritual magician back in ancient Egypt that was working these mysteries would teach the adept that first principle. And that's one of the first ones you would have to meditate upon and really grasp. So when you read, for an example, the creation of Patar, it says Patar bring himself into existence when you read some of the Papri writings in the temples. Now, what does that really mean? Even though we know it's symbolic, But remember, anything that's brought into existence is first formed on the mental plane before it can be visualized to be brought into existence physically. So there's an aspect of mental creation when working some of these rituals. Now, that leads to what we call another form of magic, visualizations. You're taught in some systems to visualize what it is you're trying to obtain, and there's certain things one can do to focus their energy to visualize the outcome This is the same concept. It doesn't mean that poof, Pata snapped his finger and poof, he just appeared. It's trying to show you that everything formulates itself first on that mental plane before it comes into existence physically. The second principle, which is a very important principle to understand the principle of correspondence. And we know this um, as above, so below. Now you heard uh, Brother Star at the beginning of the show, real quick, mention the Baphomet deity, uh, and let's talk about Baphomet real quick and his connection or relation to magical workings, especially black magic. Now I said I've said many times on the show, most people what they do know of Baphomet for people that do not study the occult or magic. I'm talking about people that you know, still have that ignorant or fear mindset or mentality. Basically, I've read Life is Levi's book, uh, and again, they correlate that Baphomet symbol to what they call devil worship or Satanism, and it has nothing to do with that, okay? Uh, when we break down the symbol... And also, uh, you know, make that... You know,
4: it's it's a clear point, too, that Anton LaVey Adopted that symbol yep. into his into his temple. He adopted it. Correct. You know. And, and so a lot of you know a lot of people are fooled by you know Satanists believing that oh these guys created the Baphomet symbol. These guys you know that's a symbol of devil worship. No, Anton LaVey adopted that. Keyword adopted. That's I'm right.
2: Not- no, no, no. Good point. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up again, because this is a symbol that predates, okay, everything that you just said, brother son. I'm glad you brought that point up, because for those that may not be a you know familiar with the occult or spiritual magic, that that's exactly when when people hear the, or see the Baphomet symbol, that's the first thing they'll gravitate towards it. Um, but what it represents. The Doctrine of Correspondence, uh, when you really study the symbol, Baphomet is not a deity, so let's establish that, regardless of what you read or study. So let's dispel the myths first. It, it became deified after the fact, based on the principles of what Brother Star just said. Once some of these uh, Satanist groups or some of these demonic groups incorporated it into their systems of worship, uh, they they deified it. And it, it started to literally become a deity or a focal point of worship and then here we are again back to the same old bullshit. Now we're back to worshiping external objects. So let's 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 destroy that myth first and foremost. The other myth we want to destroy, because I again in my studies over twenty five plus years now, I, I like the people that get into the, the Templars and, and yeah, well the Templars, you know, they secretly worship Baphomet in their temple. Again, this is after the fact. And this is again another <laughs> another group. Exactly. Another group that through, through hearsay and through speculation have now again deified an object. It's no different when you look at the story of the character Jesus, how it started out with the horror story and how it went through its many graftations and changes. And then now we have a worldwide movement over the last 400 years now who have made that a physical being have deified it. It's the same fucking you know, thing.
4: No you know, something You know something that I never understood, I never understood that, I, I never understood how a lot of, well, some brothers and sisters could, could speculate on the Templars' teachings or the Freemasonry right. teachings or, you know, the Rosicrucian teachings or any of those types of teachings. I don't understand how they could just speculate without actually being in the actual order. Because if 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 you if you are if you are ever in any order, you will know that the you know, the shit that you read in books have nothing to do with the inner workings of the temples. That's correct, brother. That's correct. It never has, never will be. That's right. It's like you know, I just never understood how, you know, you could go on the internet, you can go on YouTube, you can type up you can type up the um, the O T O order, for example, and it, and then you got a bunch of videos with people who were who are not even members talking all this shit about the
2: order and
4: never been through it.
2: That's right, and and that's a good point. That's why we said in the beginning of the show. And again, we're coming from experience. We've gone through those orders, and I'll tell you for an example, the Rosicrucian order. When somebody, for for an example, see the quickest thing we do is melanated people, and I'm not saying. To, to, you need to get the experience of it. I'm not saying become exclusively devoted to these orders, but if you don't have, if you don't have the experience of it, you can't speak on it. And I'm and I'm glad you brought that up. And that's what we were talking about in the beginning of the show. I noticed melanated people just it's a it's a convenient cop out to blow shit off and go, oh, that's white people shit. So I'll go, well, really, let me ask you uh, for an example: the seventh temple degree in the Rosicrucian order. What about it is white people shit? That's right. And then the the blank look comes on (laughs) Because it goes, I do that because it goes to show you that people are only reading what they, surface information that they're reading in books or what other people are telling them. And that confirms what you just said, brother. You can't really speak on it if you don't have the experience. So I encourage people to get the experience. I'm not in, by all means, shape, form, or fashion, you know, Saying to become exclusively devoted to these orders, but you need to have the experience. So now you can teach what needs to be corrected. Because that's a, that's just a vague statement to go. Oh well, you know that order is just white people's shit. Well, well, based on what? Because you heard somebody give a lecture on it, or because you read it in somebody's book, or you did research on the internet. Not
4: not, a, not only that. I, this is a question I have for some of the some of the conscious, and brother, conscious brothers and sisters who say this, and I, I'm not speaking of everybody. It's just these select few, these select few people that talk about, oh, you know, that's white people shit. You know, we we you know we gave them the mysteries. Okay, my question <laughs> to you guys
1: is, is where <laughs> are the
4: fucking mysteries?
1: And is, where are the
4: mysteries? How how do I experience the
2: mysteries?
4: Other than the shit that you're saying, we gave it to them. What the fuck do you have to offer of the mystery system?
2: Well, that's 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 why that's why I'm saying, brother.
4: And, and who and who is the we? Because I want to know who those motherfuckers are.
2: Yeah, well, well, that's what I'm saying. We got to stop being armchair magicians, and we got to stop making broad statements that that are very vague. It's the same thing. Like you're run into brothers in the conscious community, and they'll, for example, they'll start getting on Masonry for an example. And Masonry is a bunch of bullshit, but you know how I know that we went through it. You'll have cats. You've you got to understand when you, when you really break down the essence of it, you can pull the pieces out of it where you can actually reformulate it and explain it what it really means from the experience. Now, it, it, there is a lot of garbage in it, but, again, it, it, it's not the same thing experiencing and being able to tear apart what aspect of it needs to be corrected so now we can pass that information on. But to just read yeah, it's about like, it. It's,
4: it's like if you, if you never sat in the lodge meeting wearing that hot-ass monkey suit, <laughs> you
2: don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's, that's what we're saying. So the purpose of this show, when people, when we keep doing the shows and people are like, all right, practical magic, we, this is what we mean when we say you have to actually do the work. Doing the work is not just reading a bunch of books, attending a bunch of lectures, and you know, doing things that make you feel good. That's not what doing the work is. Doing the work is the things that we're talking about right now. So this this uh this um doctrine of correspondence or the principle of correspondence, when we were talking about the Baphomet symbol, you see the symbol pointing up with one finger pointing down with the other, representing this second principle. And as we've said before, you see all four elements, earth, wind, air, and fire represented in this symbol. When you see the center of the forehead of Baphomet, you see the flame or the kundalini rising from the pineal gland. You see the scales in the abdomen area representing water. You see the wing, wind, representing air. And you see Baphomet perched on the earth. And then you also see the representation of the masculine and feminine forces. You have the male head of a male goat, and the goat's always perched up high, and the goat's always like to go high up in the mountain to, to look down upon its subjects, and then you see the breasts of the female representing the, the feminine energy. Uh, you see in Latin on the arm, the, the inscription representing the alchemical transformation, going from one state of existence into another. It's just a symbol that represents these higher spiritual energies. So when one is looking at that symbol, this is another form of mental magic one is able to tune in to the energies of that symbol, and whatever one is gravitating towards at that moment can pull from that symbol, and it will strengthen them whatever aspect they decide to work towards. Now, if one's trying to activate the pineal gland, they could focus on the kundalini aspect of that symbol, just to, just to give a broad example. So Baphomet, when dealing with the doctrines and correspondence, as above, so below, totality, equilibrium, masculine, and feminine, male, female, Yin and Yang, the Sekhem in Egypt, it's all the same thing. That is just a symbol that represents it. So let's clarify the nonsense. Baphomet is not a literal deity as falsely written in many historical books over the years. So this is the second principle. Third principle, which is very important in working magic, the principle of vibration. Now, the principle of vibration can be a motherfucker to somebody that's really confused. Um, This eliminates the the concept of good and bad. Uh, There is no such thing. they are just different degrees of vibration and energy. And one has to know when working spiritual magic what type of energy and what vibrational frequency and rate it is operating at to utilize it for its advantage. Like we talked about last week when you deal with uh, Sith alchemy. The key to a Sith master or a dark lord, as we were talking about last week, This would be the the, the concept of being able to bend the force to your will, okay? That is the same concept as manipulating the subconscious mind or working spiritual magic. So one, to work this spiritual magic, again, would have to know what vibrational level they're working with, uh, what type of energy they're accessing, and how it's going to apply to the magical working they're doing. So vibrations are different manifest, manifestations of levels of energy just in varying degrees. That's all it is, okay? There is no such thing as good or bad, right or wrong. There's just different degrees of vibration. Uh, the principle of polarity gets into duality. Uh, you have to understand, we, we know on the physical realm and on the spiritual realm, there is a dual to everything. There, there's nothing that's ever one-sided. There's two aspects to everything. Um, you'll find this represented in many different cultures, as I mentioned earlier, the yin and the yang. Again, it's called the Sekem in Egypt. Qi. There's many different terminologies, but in ancient Egypt, same thing. The, there's always, in every culture, a true master is always trying to find that middle path. Now, when working magic, again, the book that I, that I mentioned earlier, Israel the The middle pillar, you will find it talks about in order to work that correct magic, one has to be centered or grounded. And every system is teaching an individual to always be in alignment in the middle. Now, what this means here, real simple, as we talked about shows a while back, you can't go to one extreme or the other. Now, let me give you an example. You can also find out in your travels we know right now the planet is is definitely changing. We know where we are heading and we are evolving into higher states of consciousness. Nature is dictating that cataclysmic events in nature are dictating that. We're seeing it all throughout human behavior on the news, people losing their goddamn mind because some people do not how to take an influx of that energy and assimilate it and have that power work for them. So some of that energy is going awry on certain people. Now, What tends to happen is, and it's going to get worse, and I'll reference Dr. Delbert Blair, as you've heard him on our show talk about it. When we go into this fifth dimensional state, and we're using this for what it represents, we're not talking about four dimensional, because you have people right now that are spiritually in tune and are are vibrating on the fourth dimensional plane. They see outside a person, place, and thing. They see the spirits. They see these uh, different forms of energy, these different aspects of their nature that is manifesting, and really it's the higher self. You can call them shadow people. You can call them whatever you want. But you have people that are already vibrating on the fourth dimensional frequency. We're not talking about that. Fifth dimensional goes even outside of that. Now, what tends to happen is you're going to have some individuals that become so engrossed in spirituality, and then you have others that are so jacked up and chasing the physical aspect of things. When you take one extreme or the other, this creates this imbalance. Right? This opens one up to good and bad things. When, when one opens up that crown chakra, this is what we call, and we haven't even touched on what they call possession or demonology, one can open themselves up to possession on a multitude of levels. So some of these personalities, for an example, or some of these energies or these archetypes, uh, on both aspects of it, when dealing with duality, can control the thought process and the personality of an individual. So if one is vibrating on such a low frequency that they are just pure materialistic, they are going to wind up attracting more negative archetype bands as opposed to somebody that's grounded in the middle. Now, the same can happen for somebody, as we like to call and joke on the show, that's a straight-up space cadet. They've got these Negroes that want to meditate all the time, you know, and they want to give you advice, and they gurus, but their life is all jacked up. That's another type of mindset that creates the imbalance. Man. So, the middle pillar, or the, or being centered, shows one where they need to be in positioning to working that magic. Because remember, we had Doctor Edward Bruce Bynum on the show, a multitude of times. We're going to get back on the show in a couple of weeks. Um, before you can do any working. Remember, he explained it, and, he, and, and I'll reference his book, uh, Melanin, Serpent, Serpent Power, uh, Dark Light Consciousness, excellent book. He, he talks about on there, before one can go through any of these magical systems, one first has to make sure that they're in the right frame of mind, that they're in a sound mind and a sound body. So let's establish that. That's very critical. Um, you can't be jacked up in the mind or not in the right mind state, or not in that, in, 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 in that middle pillar, as described in working magical workings, to be productive in working this. So you always have to go through the period where you need to make sure, if there's anything that needs to be cleared up before you do that working, and that's why I mentioned the banishing, which is always done regardless, because that prepares one before they actually do the magical working, uh, but that's key, sound mind sound body, you have to make sure you're right before you can let alone not even just do magical workings for others, but let alone yourself. And it's that old adage, you can, if you can't help yourself, you sure as hell can't help, help nobody else. And that's what that's talking about, all right? Number number five, brother, sorry, anything you want to add to that before we go on? Um, just that, you know,
4: it's very key to what you're saying. I mean, you have to get your shit into balance before you try to help somebody else get theirs into balance. I mean it's it's common sense but sadly some people don't understand that. That's right. You know, you have to you have to get yourself into balance. Let me let me tell you this. If you haven't if you haven't pretty much swam in the dark waters of your mind you have no business trying to fuck with somebody else's. <laughs> i me tell you that shit, because it's like if you if you haven't dealt with what's in the dark in you, things, your weaknesses, your your issues. How can you really help somebody else?
1: <laughs> right? How That's can true. you?
4: You know? How can you really you know bring out somebody somebody else's dark light? That's right. It's just, you know, that's just common sense in
2: a lot of ways.
4: But that's what right. I wanted to say.
2: No, no, no. It's an excellent point. Uh, next one, the principle of rhythm. Kind of we just explained that. Uh, the principle of rhythm, again, it's it's likened to the pendulum. As it's, As it shifts to the left, the effect of it will shift to the right just as much. And that's what we meant when we just said a minute ago, going from one extreme to the other where, that pendulum needs to be in the middle. So rhythm, depending on the vibrational frequency and the energy that you put in motion, is going to determine where where you're going to be grounded at in that process. So rhythm and vibration is complete key to really understanding how this process works. If one doesn't understand polarity, rhythm, and vibration, then one will never be able to work correct spiritual magic. Okay? Very, very key. Uh, Let's go to the next one. Again, I'm just going to breeze through these quick. And, again, at the top of the hour, we'll, we'll we'll take your questions and your calls at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. Um, number six, the principle of cause and effect, okay? Now, we know there's no such thing as coincidence. Everything has a cause. Everything has an effect. So contrary to the bullshit you were told, that again, as I said, free will is not free. It's free in the sense that you can choose to do whatever you want, But it's not free in the sense that there is an energy that's attached to every decision that you make. Now, we can call it karma. Uh, We can call it fate. We can call it whatever term we want to use. But every decision that you put into motion has a cause and effect, okay? Now, the thing is some people make these decisions at the moment but don't think about the long-term effects of that certain energy or action that they put into motion. So we have to understand that why is this important when working magic? This, this applies if you're an individual that works the dark arts or black magic in a revenge aspect because you've got personal issues that you want to personally attack somebody. Well, let me tell you, this comes from experience too. And if anybody that has worked black magic knows this, okay, you, you're, you always have to be on the right when you work that. That's what this is telling you, cause and effect. Because I've watched people get jacked up. Trying letting their emotions get the best of them, and trying to work personal black magic to attack another individual. Now, the laws of the universe simply state if you are not in the right, the universe has to be balanced out, and that comes back on you. Now, that is not the same. I want to make this clear. That is not the same if somebody feels like they're being openly attacked on a spiritual level. That would automatically put one in the right to protect themselves spiritually. We're not talking about that. Let me give you an example. I, I I have people come to me for consultations for the stupidest shit. That their their mate left them or, or their husband or their wife left them and they want to get them back. See, that's the mistake one right there. That's mistake one right there. You don't want them back. You can't for that's not how magic works. So they want to do personal magic to destroy the person that they're with so they can get they can get that person back. First of all, you gotta meditate on the attempt again you got to understand, when you work magic like that and you influence the subconscious mind, in situations like that, it can be detrimental because it can only be temporarily if you don't know what you're doing. And tens, when it runs amok and you can't control that energy and it gets out of control, it will make your situation even worse than it was before you actually put the magical working into practice. So cause and effect is key and intent. If, you, if you're not really sure of what the intent is, I would suggest somebody not to do that magical working. So that's not how it works, and we want to dispel the myths. What, what real spiritual magic and, and a real master, magi, or magician does is basically align themselves with the higher workings of the subconscious mind. This is, this is, this is done for that sole purpose. So you can understand your relationship to the universe. You can understand your relationship to why you exist and your relationship to others around you. That's key. That's what a real master magician or, or, or a master teacher purpose is. But when you sit out for the sole intent, for personal gain, nine out of ten times it runs amok. So that's cause and effect, all right? Next one, the principle of gender, which I find this one very interesting. Now, when we work with the spirits and the entities, energy, vital life force bands, uh, whatever term you need to get, get you through the evening. Um, we know when working, there is no real gender when working with spirits, okay? We know they personify on the physical realm and take on a gender. Now, we talked about this before. We know the original bands of the planet were androgynous bands. They were what we call hermaphrodites. They had dual sex organs. Um, these were the original gender beings, when you get back to, in essence, what is gender, we see a corrupt version of it today because we, we are defuncts or defects of these original beings, and this is why we now personify predominantly one gender. Now, when you go back, as we mentioned, in various different cultures, for an example, if you go back into the, the Hindu culture, you'll see a lot of these deities depicted as androgynous-looking beings, male-female-looking beings. They look feminine and male, and they have a characteristics physically, and mentally, and spiritually of both genders. Um, Ancanathan, also of ancient Egypt, was a homerphodite. When you go back into the mystery teachings, you'll see he had kind of a voluptuous body of a female, but had the broad face of an African male. Um, this ties back into these androgynous beings when we're talking about gender personifying on the physical realm. Now, when leaving outside the physical realm, the reason why all your holy books, for an example, as we mentioned this too, when the writers of these books described all of the gods as men, that's the reason why they did it. Because when you go back into the magical systems, you'll find when dealing in this same book, the three initiates, the male gender manifests first on the mental realm. Okay, physical female gender manifested first. So we can establish through science that females were first on the planet. We can get into the whole mitochondria, DNA, et cetera, et cetera. We can also get into the fact that that women had the ability to produce seeds without the aid of a man. You can even Google this on the Internet in various different uh, African cultures through the bobo gland. Um, So gender, when talking about it, we have to understand really what this is from a physical perspective, from a spiritual perspective, and a mental perspective but when one leaves the realm of person, place, or thing, that shit is all irrelevant because that, what I just gave you was a bunch of historical stuff that'll only take you so far. But when one is invoking the spirits or taking them back to their essence, remember you have certain bands that can read the subconscious mind and they'll personify for you whatever gender your subconscious mind wants to see them. This is why you see people claiming they see, Images of different deities in different cultures, or they see a personification of the Virgin Mary. Well, these these beings—some call them specters, some call them incubi, some call them—have different terminologies for them. They can read your subconscious mind and appear to you how the subconscious mind wants to see them. So it's not that these nutheads are seeing the Virgin Mary. You understand? This is what their mind—they've they've conditioned their mind what they want to manifest for them. That's the same system of working spiritual magic. So when one is dealing with the system of gender, it's obsolete. When one deals with the vital life force being of these entities, it's irrelevant. It doesn't exist. So it's important to understand that. Don't get caught up. You know, sometimes as men, we, when we do some of these magical workings, we'll find out that, unfortunately, the feminine forces are actually a lot more powerful than the masculine forces, especially when you work working magic. And confirmation of that is in the experience. And you know when you go to any culture, especially in, in, in ancient India, amongst the Dravidians or the ancient Egyptians, the feminine aspect of spiritual magic was always upheld higher than the masculine. So we need to establish that briefly with gender. All right, let's go to the next one. Anything you want to add to that, brother Sarah, before we go on.
1: Oh no, you can go on, brother.
2: Okay, just give me a second here. All right, so the next one, well, actually, I'm sorry, that is the last one. We just did seven. We went through them all quick. I'm, 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 I'm trying to look down and see if I missed any. We didn't miss any. All right, so those are your seven hermetic principles. Now, I wanted to just go through them briefly because I would suggest that anybody that works alchemy or any form of mental or spiritual magic really intently studies those hermetic principles masters them because when one is able to establish and assimilate that information in their DNA, they will find them, the magical workings that they do is extremely powerful and it will enhance it on a whole nother level. And any great uh, alchemist, especially in ancient Egypt that worked spiritual magic had to master those principles. It was one of the, one of the schools that was mandatory for them to go through in order to work correct spiritual magic. Now, one more thing I want to get into before the to top of the hour, and then we'll go to the show. I'm sorry, we'll go take some questions from callers on the show. Uh, different systems. Now, we've mentioned, for an example on this show, uh, candle magic, which is probably a form of magic that that the average magic practitioner um, practices. Now, colors also are important when dealing with, for an example, with candle or mental magic, because each color resonates with a certain vibration. Now, there's certain magic you can do to activate the chakras by way of candle magic, and I think we mentioned this maybe three, four weeks ago. Uh, When you study the chakras, for an example, and each chakra has a color affiliated with it, and I believe we were talking about the uh, root chakra a few weeks back. Now, the root chakra has, for an example, different shades of red, uh, you know, maroon, mauve, brownish colors to it. Some i liking it to a pinkish, reddish, brown color. Uh, one can actually activate and get the root chakra grounded by burning red candles and, and focusing on being rooted in the root chakra because it's rooted in the earth, as we talked about, and if the root chakra isn't functioning at its correct past capacity, people always want to talk about the crown chakra and they want to talk about the pineal gland you know and, and if if your root chakra isn't working, none of that stuff works, so I always suggest people that first start out working spiritual magic to make sure they're grounded in their root chakra you want exactly,
4: to something? no, yeah, I was just saying that's so important I mean, I understand when you ground yourself or when you you're working that root through that root chakra, you're concentrating the energy. That's a very important point. The energy Correct. becomes concentrated when you're grounded when you're Correct. not grounded when you're not grounded, your energy is everywhere. that's right it's pretty much you know hectic you have the hectic you have hectic hectic energy you have you know this is this is where you this is when you meet those type of people in the conscious community. You know that you may have a conversation with them about you know a certain spiritual topic, and they're everywhere. You know they they all they all they on, mm-hmm. they, on Sirius, they in Orion, yep. You know they are in all these different damn places because that's that that's that that energy is not concentrated. You
1: know
4: that's right. Mean? They can't that's concentrate right. on a single point and give you specifics. That's right. But. That's why it's so important to ground yourself. It's so important to be, you know, in tune. That's right. I just wanted to say that.
2: No, no, and that's important. I just wanted to elaborate a little further on that. And that's a good point because, again, this would explain uh, when you said a minute ago, when you unfortunately we know a lot of people like that. They're all over the place. They're in. I mean, every time you see them, they're into something else. Now, there's nothing wrong with studying a vast array of topics, but if you're not absorbing it, we're talking about that individual. It's good to be in, in, in a vast area or region of topics to get that information, that experience, et cetera. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But I'm glad you bring it up, Brother Sarkis. Unfortunately, I'm sure we all know people like that. Uh, they can't formulate their thoughts. They jump from, you know, thing to thing. They're all over the place because they're not absorbing the information. They're not assimilating it. They're not putting it into practice. And like you say, this comes to be, to being grounded in the root chakra. And that's why I said earlier, sound mind, sound yes, body.
4: It's, it's so important to be grounded because if you're not grounded, you don't know how to apply the shit that you're talking about.
2: Exactly. And if
4: you don't know how to apply the shit that you're talking about, guess what? You're not doing the work.
2: That's exactly if right. I,
4: if I ask you about chakras and you tell me everything that everybody else is saying about chakras that I can find in the book, guess what? You really ain't doing no damn chakra work.
2: That's it.
4: Because you're supposed to have your own understanding,
2: your own experience with that shit. That's right. And, and again, there's no – it's not going to be the same exact for everybody. It's going to be based on the experience. It's going to vary from individual to individual. So being grounded in the root chakra is key. And there's many different methods one can do to enhance that, and that's why I I use the basic principles of – candle magic. There's visualization and meditations one can do uh, to get themselves grounded in the root chakra. And, and we, we've talked about it over the show. Uh, we gave people the, the exercise to do of the, the, the spiraling staircase. Because uh, what one has to do is go back into the subconscious mind and address all the trauma that's impacted it, that's causing the spiritual blockages. And as we've talked about on the show a multitude of times, subconsciously they affect you whether you're aware of it or not. Some people uh, subconsciously that are not aware of it, they suffer from, you know, a lack of a father issue or a lack of a mother issue not being in their life. Or maybe you were bullied or picked on as a kid and you don't realize the effects. You could say, oh, that's bullshit, yeah, but you don't realize the effects subconsciously it has on the mind. Uh, we use the other metaphor. Maybe, you know, you would have, young kid on the court in that big basketball game and you were wide open for the shot and you got passed over for the shot and you don't realize the, the trauma that it left on your subconscious mind. So these would be ways to connect and get grounded in the root chakra. You would have to go back and, and fix that impact that was left on, on, on the mind. Um, unfortunately, some people have also been victims of sexual abuse and, and that's,
4: that, that's, that's, that's so important. That's, that's so important. I mean, you know, we interviewed Dr. Bynum, right? You know, and Dr. Bynum has also stated you must do your psychological work before you can really delve into your spirituality. That's correct, brother. Because, because guess what? If you don't do your psychological work, you're going to have energy blockages. Understand, psychological blockages are energy blockages. There That's There is correct. no fucking difference. That's right. And if you don't go into your traumas and clean clear that shit up, your spiritual work is going to be for naught. That's right. Pretty much, you know, your energy is going to be everywhere. You, you, you're really not going to be, you know, use the term raising the kundalini like you say you want to. If you don't clear if you don't clear yourself up, so that's so important is to do yeah. that psychological aspect you know you you know understand and that and that all comes into knowing thyself, knowing thyself, knowing who you really are. I'm not talking about the shit you say on Facebook, I'm talking about really who the fuck you are you know you know your your you know your strengths your weaknesses, all those types of things. That's right. <clears throat> you know and, how does how does your weaknesses affect affect you and other people in your environment? That's,
2: that's right. I it. That's right. And that's a that's an excellent point, brother. Um, because it definitely it, it, it can have an effect. And you just mentioned the statement that that's inscribed above above the Temple of Heliopolis or the Temple of the Sun in ancient Egypt, and it's inscribed there: "Know thyself." and thou shalt know the gods. Now, I ask a lot of Egyptologists what this means, but that statement speaks volumes. Know thyself, and thou shalt know the gods. It doesn't say go outside yourself. You know, it doesn't say focus your energy on some band called the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, God, Jesus. It says know yourself. And when you do really understand who and what you are, and you understand, like you just said, your relationship To others in the universe or the multiverses, we could say, um, you will see really who and what God is. And God does not exist outside of self. That's what the first hermetic principle is trying to get across to the true alchemist. And when you get into the Emerald Tablets of Tehuti, it makes that clear. The Emerald Tablets of Tehuti, when he was trying to educate the Sem priesthood, which was a representation of the doubters, which would be us, we didn't, we didn't understand this. We, didn't, we were questioning why, how can we ascend these realms? By making ourselves less dense was the response in the Emerald Tablets, you know? By naming gods, you create other gods. That's some powerful shit when you really meditate and focus on it. So when we start naming gods, what we're doing and not aware of it, we're creating other gods that exist outside of ourselves. That stuff is all irrelevant. When one wants to ascend these higher planes of consciousness, one has to leave all that shit behind. And it starts with, the, with grounding yourself in the root chakra because, as we're talking about, people get into these higher levels of consciousness, but they haven't addressed the shit that's still plaguing them. And this is why I said in the beginning of the show, you'll have people, for an example, that were born and raised in the church and I watched them leave that and come in to say Egyptology, but they look at the Egyptian deities sublimely like they did in the church from a monotheistic perspective. I mean, people look at Horace literally like he's a savior figure. They look at Ra like he's the most high God. That's some religious shit. Straight up religion. There's no other way to get around it. And I can't stand when people say the most high. The most high or what? You're doing the same thing that you were indoctrinated with in Christianity Islam, Judaism, or any other, any other sect of it. Okay, we got to stop, get out of that outside of us mentality, the most high. Where's the most high? When you say the most high, where is the most high? What is the most high? Because when you're making that statement, you're saying it's outside of yourself. And now you got a problem because now we get into belief. Because if you start trying to sell me on pie in the sky in heaven, now we got a bigger problem. Because now you're asking me to accept a theory that's not reality. Now, if that works for you, that's fine. But if the shit don't work for us, do not get mad when we question you on it. That's all we're saying because I don't believe in the most high. The most high doesn't exist. The only most high that I know exists is when I look in the mirror. Anything beyond that is irrelevant. So if people can't grasp that concept, you'll never be able to work spiritual magic. When you're working spiritual magic, you are not contacting any entity or energy outside of yourself. If you paid attention earlier, these are archetype energies that exist within the subconscious mind, and they can be activated, okay? Now, I can hear the rumblings, Well, what about extraterrestrials and aliens from other planets? Here we go. Space cadet shit, okay? We have to simplify that, too, because esoterical information or extraterrestrial information has now also taken people into the illusionary world. Because now we found another system to go outside of ourselves to to prove or validate the supremeness of our existence. Brother, now you, when you, you look,
4: not you're not from planet Earth, brother? No, nah, no, nah, brother. No,
2: no. No, let's 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 not go there, brother. What that basically ties into if you're gonna just simply say these are highly intelligent beings, just like me and you, I got no problem with that. But when you start saying And you believe in the theory, and it is a theory, okay, that there's all a variation of these different bands. And I've I've heard it all. I've read them in Dr. York's books. I've heard Dr. Delbert Blair come on the show. There's many people that teach on it. Very interesting. Am I saying that all of it's not, you know, all of it is bullshit? No. There is some practicality that some of it's real. But when you become, again, exclusively engulfed in it, there's a lot of flaws in the shit because now we're back to focusing outside of ourselves to validate our existence and our place in the universe. Okay. So if there isn't, now now, we, now
4: we weigh in on extraterrestrials or, fucking you know whole light beings to change the universe and shit
2: yeah now 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 by all means that doesn't mean that um, we're not saying there's not intelligent life form in other galaxies and universes that's not what we're saying but what we are saying is a real master or a magician is not waiting for them to come because if you're waiting for aliens and extraterrestrials to come you might as well take your ass back to the church and wait with them for the fake-ass Jesus that they're waiting to come back. It's no different. That's what we're saying. We're not waiting for that. We're waiting for that. That's the whole point.
4: Exactly. You know, it it even goes into the concept of you are an extraterrestrial. You are a celestial being, if you want to take it there. Correct. You know, let's not spook this shit out. That's right. You are a celestial being. The, the, the universe is is your mind. You know bring it you know, you have to bring it to a practical personal level. If if it's not in a practical personal sense, then pretty much you are you spacing the fuck out.
2: That's right. But you will find what you call this phenomenon, when you work spiritual magic, it actually activates when we what we call on the superconscious mind to open yourself up to see things what we call or what people call on the surface level as paranormal, is actually normal. So what you're going to find out when you start really working magic, you're going, to, you're, going to start, you're going to see the parallel world merge with what you see as the mundane world. There's no difference. It's just when one raises their vibration up, the two merge, and a master magician is able to place themselves as that middle pillar in between. And now you become the experience. See, this is what I mean when I say on the show, are you part of the experiment? Or you're controlling the experiment. Well, you're part of the experiment if you're following something or somebody or you're acknowledging something outside of yourself. Guess what? You're part of the experiment. I don't care how much books you've read on Egypt or spirituality or knowledge or consciousness. If you're following something or somebody outside of yourself, you are part of the experiment. You would still be under a system of mental slavery and indoctrination. Now, this shit kills me because... We have all these people running around saying we got to stop thinking like the white man. We got to stop thinking like the white, like the white man. Well, by thinking in that same mentality, that's how the white man thinks, and this is how the white man enforces his systems of religion on us. But we have people still doing it in the conscious community where they are monotheicizing Horus and Ra. And these Egyptian deities, or they're doing it in the Yoruba to Shango, or Batala, Yemaya, Ogun. I hear people say stupid shit like, "I don't know where I would be today without Ogun." How does that differ from a Christian saying, "Oh, if I didn't have the good Lord Jesus, I don't know where I'd be today"? It's the same shit. Ain't no different. Let's get let's get that straight. There's no difference, and subliminally, it's a manifestation of the trauma that's on the subconscious mind from coming from that system of indoctrination. So this is what we mean when we say you got to be rooted in that ground chakra and, and really address what impact did it have on you as you're going to higher states of consciousness. Because let me say this, as you ascend that spiritual ladder, for lack of a better word, the shit gets harder, and you're going to encounter some more if you want to use the terms demons or negative energy, whatever, that's just a term. You're going to encounter more difficulties as your spirits really grow. People think got it twisted. They think it gets easier as you elevate. The shit gets harder. Okay, it gets please gets harder. And that is answers,
4: you're going you're going deeper into your subconscious mind. You know, you're you're going into chambers of yourself that you. You you you've never explored. Correct. Correct. And you don't know what the fuck is coming out the
2: door. Pretty
4: much. And, well, you know, uh, what? it could it could it could be some real traumatizing shit. But go ahead, bro.
2: No, but it's a good thing because that's that's when we when we talk about death. Death is just not representative of what we know. Physical death. That will be called a form of death or or transformation. One has to contact every negative aspect of their subconscious mind to make that spiritual transformation. So it's no different than when we talked about on the show in the past for an example, you can use the shamans for an example. In order for one to become a shaman master, they will use hallucinogens to make you contact every negative aspect of your subconscious mind because you have to conquer all your fears before you can move on. And every system of magic does that. So we don't want to paint. It's not a pretty picture but it's not also something that one is not able to gain victory over. But the question is, are you willing to go through the sacrifice, the work, and the energy it takes to do it? This makes one a real master. This is not your armchair magician or your book wizard that likes to sit and read books and then spit off a bunch of shit. (laughs) You
1: know,
2: anybody can do that shit. I mean, I don't need nobody to lecture me on the history of Egypt and the dynasties and, and the original black man and blah, blah, blah. That's great. Okay. But as this planet of ours is changing and consciousness is evolving and we feel the energy of change in the spheres, it's there. You can feel it. What are we doing collectively and individually as a group to move and flow with that? Because we know if you move in accordance with nature, the transition will go smooth. But guess what happens if you go against or adverse to that nature or that energy? It pretty much kicks your ass out the way and you'll be eliminated and destroyed. So, we have to focus on that. This is the reality of it. We're getting sidetracked with over intellectualized bullshit and history, and we're not focusing on the work at hand that needs to be put into practice because people keep asking, what do we need to do? When is the change going to come? When are things going to change? Well, you see the shit getting worse and worse. You see these police shootings, these, all these racial incidences. Somebody is trying to feed off your emotions, somebody's trying to get a reaction out of you, okay? Now, as we said before, a person that's aligned with these magical forces, they become proactive, not reactionary. And like I said before, if we become pure reactionary bands, we're, we're actually just speeding up our path to suicide and self death. Because that's what they are to, to do.
4: Yeah, go ahead. That's an interesting point that you just made about being reactionary. Yeah, I, I stated this before, and we've stated this on other shows as well you have to know who you are you know meaning if if you don't know what part of the system that you're operating off of how can you really do the work if pretty much let me let me say let me simplify it if if you don't know how the system programs you or you don't know what part of your your daily activity is from this system that we call the matrix, then how can you break the matrix when you don't know the matrix that you're in in your own mind?
2: <laughs> that's a good point, brother.
4: <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta know the matrix that's controlling your mind in order to break out break from the external matrix that many people
2: so called say they're breaking away from that's an excellent point. Yeah, well, you know, you just you brother, just put on dashiki and say, "Whole man, that's it." You know, you just <laughs>
4: get you get you a nice big ass onk.
2: Yeah, there you go. That'll, Walk
4: that'll around do 125th
2: Street, harbor. Exactly, that'll do it, man. You, you're you're a master now. I right. <laughs> I think uh, we like to have fun on the show, so you know, we we like to clown around a little bit. I right, well, I think we 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 we've touched on a bit. Uh, it's a little bit past the hour, so let's let's uh, maybe take some questions, some calls. Uh, again, if you have a question and you're just listening online, you could go ahead and type that question in or a comment. It could be a question or a comment. Uh, when we go to the phones, which we're about to right now, uh, just, again, some people forget to unmute their phone. If you don't unmute your phone, we can't hear you. Um, it, happens, it happens frequently, unfortunately. Uh, we'll plug somebody in. We can't hear them. So make sure your phone is unmuted. If you do not have a question or a comment, just say, I'm just listening. Everybody's been doing that pretty good the last couple months. So if I do plug you in and you don't have a question or a comment, just say, I'm just listening, and we'll move on to the next call. Um, If you do have a question or a comment, just go ahead and ask it. Now, also, I have most people that didn't register. I don't have you identified by a specific name. A couple people did register, and I can identify you by a specific name. If you didn't register, all I see in the queue is your state. So I have multiple people on from Florida. I have multiple people on from New York, New Jersey. So if I call your state, just speak. You'll be the only one to be heard because I'm going to unmute one person. Um, So just wanted to touch on that. So, okay, let's go to the phone. We're going to take our first call, and I'll go right in order. Uh, This one does have a name. Uh, We have an individual on the call by the name of Empress K. If you have a question or a comment, go ahead. Hello, Empress K, you're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment?
0: Peace, peace. Yes, I'm here.
2: Okay, we got you. Go ahead. You got a question or a comment? All
0: right. Um, I wanted to know, since uh, I'm new to the show and I had, I had a chance to listen to a lot of the previous recordings, I am downloading them. Um, okay. What is the methodology to use kind of to clear up some of the emotional or psychological trauma that individuals right. experience, not only in this life, but in possible pathways, so that right. they can, you know, move forward to working with the deeper level of spiritual work.
2: Right. That's a great question. Can you just tell us what state you're calling from just so we can get a geographical idea? What What state are you calling from?
0: I'm in North Carolina.
2: Okay, cool. All right, that's a good question. Now, we actually, actually, uh, and again, I'm glad you said you, you hadn't listened to all the shows. We actually did a whole show on that. Um, I believe it's the Root Chakra Show. If you see them archived, you can go back. But, again, when we were talking about earlier, for an example, the way for one to address that, correct it. And I'm glad you mentioned past lives. That's, that's important, too. Um, but say, well, let's start first with somebody that's in their current state of existence. Um, for an example, say you, you had lack of a father figure or you were bullied as a kid. Let's use that one. Now, fortunately, that affects a lot of people, as I said earlier to this very day, whether they're conscious of it or not. It it creates insecurity issues in them. It creates certain ways of thinking, uh, and it, it affects the way they address certain situations. Now, one way we talked about on that show is there's no such thing as time, and anybody has the capability by raising their vibration to go back to any point in time in their life and relive the situation but change the outcome. Now, what that simply means is this. Um, on that same show, we talked about music, for an example. We know music is powerful because it carries sound and vibration that activates a certain thought pattern. Now, let me give you an example. Um, how old are you, if you don't mind saying? I know you shouldn't ask females that, but just throw it out there.
0: I'm 27.
2: All right. Go back to a time when you were in high school, for an example, or in your childhood. Just name, name a song that has relevance to you, That a song that, no matter how old it gets, you hear it, that you, you gravitate towards. Any song that comes to your mind? Um,
0: right now?
2: Any song, when you were a kid.
0: Oh, uh, let me see. Kind of put me on the spot, so I'm trying to break my brain right now.
2: Well, it could be a song now. If you can't think of something from back then, it could be a song right now.
0: Um... Oh. Well, right now right now I do I I do love anything that Anita Baker puts out.
2: Okay, and, Anita Baker. Okay. okay, give me one just name me any one song from from Anita Baker. I'll tell you why I'm doing this so you so you you can understand.
0: All right, um uh let me see.
2: All right, so let me ask you this. What about when you were growing up? Was there a specific song you remember around the house that your mother or your father played?
0: Well, I grew up in a very strict Christian household.
2: So okay. the only
0: thing that we were allowed to listen to was gospel
2: music. Okay, so what about a particular gospel song that you might have heard consistently around the house growing up?
0: Um. Okay, anything from Fred Harris, my mom. Okay. You know, anything like that. She played um, one of her songs that that she played towards the end of her life was "Take Me to the King." Okay. You know, So, All right.
2: so let's work. Let's work with that. All right. So when when a, when that Fred Hammond song comes on, if you really pay attention and listen to it, you're able to go back in that moment to specific incidences in your house, seeing your mother. Uh, reliving exact experiences that happen every time you heard that song because what happens is the music, the sound and the vibration can activate you and take you back to that moment in time. We can do that if we hear a a, a slow R&B song. If we were with a significant other, we can recollect the experience. We can maybe reference an old-school hip-hop song where when we hear it, it takes us back to a specific party or an That's the power of sound and vibration. Well, that same concept, you can say if you – were bullied uh, walking home from school every day. You, you were constantly bothered by a set group of kids. One would have to go back through time, through, through mental meditation and visualization and, and address that situation, that confrontation, but change the outcome. And once one does it in the mind, it has to be done in the mind, one is able to move on from the obvious. So what I'm saying is one way to correct the trauma and the impact is by going back into them situations. And there's many ways to activate it. I use the music aspect because music tends to take us back because I can remember if I hear music, I can remember so vividly the dates. I can tell you what time of the night or the day it was, what I was wearing, who I was with, the name of the individuals. I mean, that's how vivid it can get. So that science can be applied the same way going into the subconscious mind through through visualization and meditation addressing that. Now, that's just a brief explanation. Now, the past life things I want to mention. This is important, too, because, and nobody has really has brought that up. The past life experience does affect your current state of existence now. Now, there are many methods one can do also. First, you have to establish what your past life existence were. Now, most people can do this through many different systems, Um, through dream interpretation, through dream magic. And I find that's one system that works really well, that one can, through their dreams, find out who and what they were. And there's simple meditations or, or conjurations one can say before they go to sleep. If you have a sacred space, you can go to your sacred space before you go to sleep and petition the ancestors of your bloodline to manifest themselves to you and to reveal these messages to you. Now, some people will tend to use, and I mean, again, I, I want to make sure I put this out there the right way, certain herbs, uh, certain plants. I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, what people would term weed. I'm talking about certain hallucinogens or certain natural herbal products that can enhance or activate the memory system. Uh, that's one method. I mean, I'm not saying that one is better than the other. And some, when they have mastered the art of meditation, can actually do it through meditation by way of astral traveling, which that I find is the best way because when you open yourself up to all that's connected to your DNA, the revelation will come to you. But it has to be done in a way, what is the intent driving, when we talked about intent, if the intent is sincere and if you're simply coming from the point to know, I guarantee you'll get the explanation. So you have to establish who and what you are, in past lives. Now I've heard a multitude of things from various people over the years that they were many different things in their past lives. Now depending on your I don't want to say I don't want to say belief, but depending on your study on reincarnation in past lives, some systems will establish the fact that you you, you keep reincarnating here and most of the time you come back as what you hate until you master it. So some of us have found only through the personal experience that we have come back here again and again to master what it is we can get past or get by. Now that will affect you because if you can identify that, it helps to not make those same mistakes again. But you'll find what a person focusedly intends or puts or directs his hatred towards in some systems, especially when dealing with the Dravidian culture, you'll find out that they say you come back as what you hate until you master it. So, by identifying what you were in past lives, some say they were Native American chiefs or some say they were African warriors or some, some say they, read, they, they uh, led great revolutions, they were great, whatever. I've heard a multitude of things over the years. But what you really have to focus on when you were here in that incarnation, you know, what did you gain from that experience? What was the outcome of it? And now that you know that now in your current incarnation, how is that going to help you? Now, there's no specific answer to that because that's going to vary from individual to individual again. But past life does have an effect on if we have certain blockages that we're not aware of. It can be carried over. Now, if you also understand the system of DNA and blood connection, sometimes you will have ancestors that will reach out to you, unfortunately, that we might call disembodied spirits or spirits in limbo. And sometimes they reach out to somebody in their bloodline that's more spiritually in tune than, say, a direct relative, like meaning there's people that have experience with spirits. You may not have known your great-great-great-great-grandfather, but they're just not able to connect with their direct son or daughter because that person is not spiritually vibrating at a frequency. So they might go all the way down to you, who it is, because you're vibrating at that frequency, and sometimes not all those bands are positive. And sometimes that's passed down from bloodline to bloodline. That could also be a blockage, too, where one would have to address and appease those spirits. Now, I can go on. I don't want to get, you know, too much into it. I hope this helps in, in some shape, form, or fashion, because we could actually do a whole entire show on this. Um, but I mean, we mentioned even earlier, I don't know if you were listening when we we're talking to there's people also that have been through sexual abuse, right. and that has, that has a traumatic effect on on an individual's spirituality. Um, that's a tough one because there's certain things one has to do to actually correct that. And I find in this in in this day and time, and I deal with a lot of people and 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 talk with a lot of people, and that has a traumatic effect on the subconscious mind and. Some people address it to the point where they don't even want to talk about it or, or deal with it, and that's actually the worst thing you can do.
4: Right. Um,
2: so when one faces the reality of it, that's step one. But there are, there are, and again, I, want to, I don't want to get into that over the year, but there are certain things that one can do to uh, actually address that situation, but that's, that's more on a personal level. Um, but again, I hope that answers your question. I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that, Brother Sarf yeah
4: i add on to that you can do um and we i've mentioned this on a um on an archive show but um when you you can do this meditation is is similar to what my good brother was just stating you can travel back in your mind into into the experiences that pretty much make you feel different emotions and when you do this you can practice what's called pranayama or pranayama you know you can you breathe in through your nose you inhale through your nose very deeply pushing out your <clears throat> pushing out your lower stomach Hold that breath for as long as you can. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> and then Dang. breathe out your mouth very forcefully, and you continue to do this until you feel the emotion start to subside. And the reason and the reason why you're doing this for the emotion to subside is now this crystallized emotion has become liquidated.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So now it's flowing. The emotion is flowing. You're feeling it. You know, you you now you're feeling it without any type of judgment. You could say that. You know, <clears throat> understand this: all the emotions that deal with trauma are crystallized inside of us. Now, when we tap into these emotions, they liquefy. Then from there, the pranayama turns them into. Consciousness or what we consider a gas. The mm-hmm. gassiest state. Yep. But understand understand that. Also, just you go you may have gone through a day, you may have just been doing what you do every day and all of a sudden the emotion just surfaces out of nowhere. You ever had that experience?
0: Uh yes, because I, uh, I lost my mom a few years back, so I know exactly what you're talking about.
4: Mm. A and it and it feels like a disturbing emotion, right? That's when mm-hmm. you you can practice that technique that I just shared. There's other techniques, but right. you know your breath your breathing is very important when it comes to clearing emotional baggage. And if you notice something when you're angry or when you're sad or when you're happy or many of these different emotions, when you experience them, you will notice that your breathing changes. That's correct. Because your goal as the master of self is to keep these emotions in check, in line with who you are by controlling the breath. And when you can and when you practice, you know, this technique or you can listen to our older shows You know, there was other techniques given, root chakra techniques, these other ones, but I'm just giving you this one. You know, so next time you feel those disturbing emotions, do that. Take that deep breath, you know, inhale, do your nose, let your, you know, your stomach, you know, push out. As far as you can do it, hold your breath for as long as you can. Because the reason that you're holding the breath, when you're holding that moment of holding the breath is that subconscious link to the conscious mind.
5: That's correct. That's
4: that, that's that link. So more of that emotion is releasing itself from the subconscious mind. And then when you release it through your mouth, you know, as, you know, as hard as you can and you continue to do that, you'll feel the difference. You'll feel the difference. You'll feel better. And something that you may not understand about that emotion currently will come to you later on or when you're ready for it, when you're ready for it or when you're ready to understand it. That's correct. Um, it's just something that you can, you know, um, practice in your spirituality,
2: and um, I hope this helped you out.
0: Peace. Oh, yes, Appreciate it did. Thank you so much.
2: Appreciate that, Brother Star. So, uh the last thing I just wanted to ask you says, so Do you have like a uh any sacred space set up, like where you study or meditate? Do you have any anything like that set up?
0: I do have a working altar that I'm okay. still working on.
2: Cool. Uh, okay. That's good. And the the last thing I would leave you with to 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 enhance that and and Sometimes the simplest thing, we, we mentioned a, a, a simple exercise you can do, the sitting in complete darkness. You'll find out most people can't do this. We, we've we done this as a group. You'll find most people can't sit still because what tends to happen is you will, you will contact that true inner self. Sometimes what, you, what an individual needs to do is with nothing, no light, complete darkness, nothing at all, and we used visualizing that spiral staircase going counterclockwise down. And then you'll see as it goes down, like Brother Saw was saying, this is another way to, to contact the emotional self. And you'll see a infl a whole influx of thoughts will come when you just sit in that darkness and you sit in that silence. You'll be surprised how the inner voice will start talking to you and you'll you'll get a lot out of that. Sometimes it's it's just as simple as doing something as basic as that. Uh, that we don't do frequently enough to really tap into our higher selves. So I, I would suggest you try that too, because you'll get, you'll get a lot of communication from that. All right. All right. All right. We appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. All
0: right, no problem. Thank you.
2: You got it. All right. want to read a comment online. Yeah, I like this comment. This was pretty good from, uh, <laughs> um, well, actually two comments from uh, one from the alchemist and, I guess works for this individual hallucinogens to go into the, deeper into the subconscious mind to expose hidden levels. And as I talked about earlier, that does work for some people. And, again, that's your personal choice. Uh, so that is another way to, to really tap into the higher workings of the mind. Uh, I like this last comment taped in by guess 14. If you sit long enough in the darkness, you end up absorbing all the dark matter into your bones and you become permanently a superhuman. Or activating the higher super consciousness, and this is why we. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, he, that's a great point. To, to, oh,
2: <laughs> excuse me, they he, he, he say balls? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, this is what why we did. That's why we did the whole thing on the dark side and the whole Sith alchemy thing, because you're gonna find out everything that we, like we said, everything that we've been taught that was. Uh, negative over the years, when well, you're going to find out all this stuff we're talking about now, we were programmed as young. I'm like, this is, this is negative, evil stuff. Everything you're going to find out in the path that you were told was bad for you, you're going to find out is actually what you actually needed. And the darkness, and as we dispel the myths in the beginning of the show, it's in key to be engulfed in this darkness to really reach their highest supreme state. And, again, like you said earlier, Brother Asar, that true darkness is the deep depths of your subconscious mind. That's what we mean when we say you need to be engulfed uh, in the darkness. Well, what were you going to say? And also, every
4: everything everything that you try to avoid is what you need to face. That's right. And, you know, you, you, may, you don't have to do it physically, but you have to do it mentally and on an emotional level. So like my good brother Benito said, if you was bullied by somebody, you know, you if you was a if you was a scared ass and you know, you hid and ran from the bully and you still have those emotions, you got to go back into that experience and ch- and transform your perception of that
1: experience. That's right.
4: You know, That's right. you have to transform the experience. You have to you have to face that bully in your mind, face those emotions so you can release it and gain more understanding of yourself. That's correct. Excellent point.
2: All right, let's go back to the phone. Uh we got a caller from East Oklahoma. East Oklahoma, you're on the call if you have a question or a comment. Go ahead. Okay. Anybody there from East Oklahoma? All right, going once, going twice, East Oklahoma. All right. Go to the next call. Again, if your phone is muted, you do have to unmute your phone. We will not be able to hear you. All right, so let's go to, uh, I believe this is uh, Sister Shalini in, in Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken, northwest New York. Evening. <laughs> hey, good evening. How are you doing, Sister?
1: Hi,
5: everyone. I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm I'm great.
2: <laughs> uh, good, good, good to hear. You got a question or a comment?
5: Um. No, I don't. I really don't have a uh a question because, you know, I listen to you uh brothers all the time and y'all, you know, you make a lot of sense and uh, I put a lot of the information to use for myself the way I want to use it. And so. so And I, I understand what y'all are saying out there that you have to put everything that you learn, take it and use it for yourself the way it's going to benefit you. That's right. So, yeah. So, uh, I've been gardening. Got me a little garden going. That's, That's my cool. right there. That's cool. And um, I still read my books, whatever I feel like reading. I read a little bit here and there, so many books to read. And then and then um also I still post my little shit every now and then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there you go. <laughs> there you go.
5: Hey, if it
2: works works for you, it works for you. Yeah, so you know, right. and and
5: uh, a lot of uh, I, I get what's going on. It's a lot of stuff that's going on out here. That's crazy, but I mean, at the same time, you really have to find yourself that's before right. you can understand anything that's really going on out here.
3: And it took that's me right. a minute
5: to put all the pieces together. And right. and it took. I'm still finding myself. I'm still putting me together. So sure. you know, but that's the whole key right there. You got to put yourself together first because yes. you are a big puzzle that's that has energy that could be everywhere, like you said. And if you don't gather that energy in the right uh, places and in spiritual places of your body and your mind and so you're not gonna understand really what these other that's things right. are doing out here to right. you and to everyone else. If you know, if you accept it. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I didn't woke up a lot and seeing a lot of <laughs> I'm understanding more now. Well, of jumping, You know, or cool. jumping into things, I'm starting to understand if there is other beings, which they are other beings out there, that's um, right. they've been with us for a long time, and, and basically we just have to learn from them because they are giving us uh, in, their energy, too. Some right. people might take it in a negative way. Some people might take it as being a positive thing for themselves that they can benefit from.
2: That's right. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, it, was, it definitely sounds like you put it into perspective. I'm good to hear. this. good to hear that, that you're finding your own path. That's the key. And yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I'm definitely glad to I don't hear know. that.
5: Um, also, I also I don't know if anybody knows, but I also am running for president.
2: So
1: <laughs> I did it
5: as I did it as a joke. <laughs> I guess you. It, it, it gives me um, uh, it's like it's like a, a motivational thing. Yeah, I can see myself as a president of myself. You know, because basically, I'm gonna I'm vote for me if I just feel like voting and doing some type of ritual shit. That's
1: there you why I vote
5: for myself. Yeah. setting these jackasses out right. here. That's I did it so that I can uh, draw spiritual energy for me, seeing right. myself in a high place. That's why I right.
2: did. It. Yeah, well, speaking of that, we were the whole thing. Yeah, they' are about, about to do the switcheroo on that. But uh, people ain't gonna I'm like. I'm sure the
1: they
2: are. Oh sure. <laughs> gonna like the way that shit turns out, but that's another story for another time. But anyway, we yeah. definitely appreciate you listening for sure. Definitely appreciate you.
5: I love, I love you
1: guys.
2: All right, we love you. Boy, too. I can your answers, but you
1: know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the call. Where? You got it. All right, we'll talk soon. All right. Oh, I just. Peace. I just right.
4: want and I just wanted to add this and say that I was I just wanted to say this. I Understand this too, people that that are listening. You know, we're not telling you anything to do. You can practice it if you want. And if you if you have some serious serious traumas that you can't work on yourself, you should get professional help.
2: Seriously. Not a good time for sure. That's a good point and and like uh the sister that just called in sister uh, sister Shalini, she made a good point. you know getting yourself together is key first, finding yourself and it, and it is it's an ongoing process it's it's not something you know we were talking about earlier, people you know that may be jumping around all over the place. you got to also understand patience is one of the hardest schools to master, so you can't be all over the place um you know jumping all over the place and you're not absorbing that. Cause you're not going to figure it out in all in one day, and sometimes people get enthralled in the excitement of it, and it's a great thing. But you're not going to figure it out in one day, and you're not you're not supposed to. You know, you know, deal with the moment. Absorb, you mean you mean, you, know, to, you
4: mean to tell me I can't just read two books and know everything?
2: Yeah, brother, sure. Then just put on a dashiki and a big ass arm, and you're good to go, <laughs> man. Egyptian <laughs> musk, and you're good to go, brother. Um, anyway, some comments from online. Uh, Joga Sue is typing in. and I like these comments. Uh, when we were talking about the bullying thing earlier, let, let me read this for those that are on the phone and are not online. Uh, this is a good good point of what we were talking about. Uh, he types in, I was mostly scared of myself in certain situations and mostly ended up avoiding bullies, etc. So I started to believe I was scared, but when I did not avoid it, it ended up bad. Last week I got into some beef and got scared of my thoughts. I found out that it is, is, I have something that I have to deal with. Now that's a good point because if you don't address that, anytime you get into a threatening situation like that, it's going to, what tends to happen sometimes it triggers previous situations. And what that fear would kick in for, for for an example in this situation that we're talking about right now. Now I'm the, by all means I'm not, I'm not saying Anytime you get into a confrontation to get you know, turn it physical. I mean, if you can avoid confrontation at all costs, try that first. But I'm saying in any situation, however you address it, you you need to face it and address it. Period. Because what will happen is, as as for an example, Jogger Sue is typing in. It'll activate that moment that you might have got bullied in the past and it'll create that those fears that you're not able to address at those moments when those situations come up. And this is why for an example some people never get over it. So these are just a multitude of different examples of spiritual blockage that an individual might be going, might be dealing with but would have to address. It's gets key. All right? So let's go back to the phones let's see what we got on. The, let's see what we got on the call next. All right, we've got uh, Southeast Pennsylvania, you're on the call. Southeast Pennsylvania, do you have a question or a comment?
4: I'm just listening, bro. All
2: right, appreciate you listening, bro. Thank you. All right, let's go to uh, Southwest Florida. You're on the call, Southwest Florida. Do you have a question or a comment? Anybody there from Southwest Florida? Going once, going twice. All right, nobody there. All right, let's go to the next call. We got North New Jersey. North New Jersey. We got a question or a comment. Oh, we haven't yet. Oh, yeah. are, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. All
4: right, I'm gonna call
1: you.
2: All right, I don't know what happened with that person's phone. About the noise, I heard them, but there must be. All right, we got somebody on the call from Illinois. Illinois, you're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment?
3: Um just have a comment. I sure. love, I'm definitely loving everything you guys are talking about. And I've been catching up on some of your old stuff and just kind of Good. working on things. Like, I need to find the root chakra video right. that you have here because that's what I'm really trying to focus on now. Um, right. Even without having done all of the work that I need to do, I'm finding that, like, really everything that I do is. It seems like it's a projection directly from my mind. Like right. if I feel good, everybody who I encounter is all good. If I'm no, mad, right.
1: everybody
3: I'm like, it's just funny and then it crazy, And I'm like, and then but then it's like, hey, like I just really have to keep my mind in the right place, and then everything just responds to me. So it's Thanks. it's definitely not that's
2: I'm, that's it that's powerful that you said that because that's another thing. I mean, some people term it psychic projection. You can project your energy on others, whether you're conscious of it or not. Now, if you are a person that, like you just said, you might be a person that has a, you know, strong nature, strong personality and it projects on the people. So, that's powerful to understand because that can work for you and against you because like you said, if you're in a bad mood, you can just, you can change everything around you bad. So, you know, the very fact that you're conscious of that is definitely something I would definitely meditate on. And yeah, you don't want that to run amok. It's great when it's positive, but, if it turns, yeah, it can turn a little ugly. But, now, definitely, if you go back to, uh, the, actually, I don't know what show it was. It's actually labeled the root chakra or the chakras. It's one of those shows. You'll see it when you get some time. Um, but definitely go back and check that out. But we're, we're constantly talking about it. We'll, we'll do more shows on it. But definitely check that one out. Um, but it is key because the reason why we, we, we like to start there, because you have to start there, because in all these circles, in, in all these Different levels of spiritual consciousness. Everybody's always talking about, you know, the pineal gland and and the crown chakra. Well, that can't be working correctly. And we heard Brother Saur saying earlier about crystallization. What tends to happen is when the root chakra is not grounded, that that can actually calcify your pineal gland. When the pineal gland, ain't, you're not receiving an influx of any spiritual energy. So you definitely have to start there. So that's key, um, so that to prevent that from happening.
4: That people wanna bla people wanna blast off into um you know, they wanna go into the cosmos and stuff and they haven't even dealt with this shit on earth. You know, it's it's crazy. But.
3: That's how it's because it's like and I, you know, I'm so that I can really look at what I'm doing and like, sometimes I am like, myself, like in, in the head space and not really it physically, which is why I know I need to get my fruit so that you know, I can really, really see what I'm thinking. You know, I see, right. like it's simple as, but like I think like it's mental physical, someone to the physical plane, and I need I have to be on the route to do that. So right, be
2: right,
3: crucial. Right. Hey, you can wow. you
4: know do things that ground you. Do things that you know if if you have. Grounding issues. Do things that ground you. You know, sometimes walk outside with you without, without shoes or socks on, and just That's you know, <clears throat> kind of push your body weight into the earth. Right. Know, right. For, for five to ten minutes, you know, doing breathing exercises. You know that grounds you. That grounds your energy. You know, um, do physical activities that you like to do, whether it's exercising you know, uh, fucking hiking, whatever it may be, do those kind of things. You know, things that are grounded, that will bring, that will concentrate that energy, that will bring you into a concentrated state of mind. You know, you always want to ground yourself, you know, do things that help you get grounded. Physical activities help you get grounded.
1: Things you like to
4: do. Yep.
2: Excellent point. So, All right,
1: sister. I have,
3: I no
2: problem. It. All right, no problem. We appreciate your call. Thanks for listening.
3: All right. Okay.
2: All right. All right. All right, so uh, let's go back to online and see what we got going on over here. Uh, uh, Wolverine types in something I think is very important. Um, and the comment that this person types in is, Whatever level you're on is a level you will deal with before you move on. That That's very critical. Let me read that again for those that maybe can't, uh, they're not online and they can't read it. Um, whatever level you're on is a level you will deal with before you move on. And that's kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier. When you're jumping around all over the place and you're not finishing something out, or you can use the term master in it. Um, so if you just, kind of half-heartedly or or partially absorb yourself into something and don't finish it, then you jump to something else, this would be somebody that's not, again, grounded in their root chakra. They're all over the place. Um, You'll find you'll stay more grounded when you see something out. You see it through. You master it. Then you'll be able to, and you'll find the next challenge, you'll appreciate it even more. You'll absorb the experience even better. I find people that are all over the place also don't enjoy the full benefit of the experience. And that's key because you're going to find, you hear that term all the time over the years, experience is the best teacher. There's nothing better than experience. Um, And again, it doesn't mean you can't read and study and and immerse yourselves in books. Uh, That's not what we're saying. What we are saying though is don't solely rely on the books to give you the complete interpretation or experience of it because, the book can only be used as a general idea, a guideline, a road map. You understand what I'm saying? To, to 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 paint that picture for you. But you still need to absorb yourself in the experience. Now, this is the solution. When people keep saying, you know, change and things transforming, and, you know, whether you want to say when 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 are melanated people uh, going to rise up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, well, when we actually start, practicing the work, not just reading about it. And that's what this show is about. This show is about applying these techniques, these practices. We've given you a multitude of different sources that you can research. But the key is we want you to create your own system. And that's why when Sister Shalini called earlier, like she said, she's creating her own path. So when this is not a show where we're going to sit here and give you a step-by-step Guideline. This is, the sh- this is just a show to spark you to create your own path. And your own path, it can be on a multitude of these principles. That's the whole point. And one thing that I like seeing from the regular people that come on the show, the regular people that are in the chat room right now as we speak, they all have their own personal experiences and their own past that they're creating because it all tied in and connected. But that's the beauty when you deal with metaphysics, alchemy, and the occult. There is no right or wrong way when you, when you when you free yourself from that mental slavery. And some people can't get by it because some people need structure and rules and regulations or they, they can't function. Now you need to have discipline. Don't confuse that with rules, regulations and dogmas because see that's the problem again with established religion because it's based on the precepts of following rules and regulations. When you rid yourself of that mentality, but you still need to apply self-discipline, we're not saying, uh, you know, not have any discipline to what you're doing, but what we're saying is there's no limits to what you can and cannot do. So as far as system of magic, you can create any candle ritual you choose to do. You can create its personal symbolic meaning for what it means to you. Now, we didn't even get into and I don't think we're going to get into it too hard tonight because we don't have that much more time. But we didn't even get into symbols and signs and sagis and working with symbol magic. That's a powerful tool in itself. Now, I like to bring that up because I notice, again, in the conscious community, I see people wearing all types of African pendants, Egyptian symbols, and just out of shit curiosity, when I talk to them and ask them, they don't even know what the shit really means. Like, I'll see people wearing the sa. I'll see, I'll see people, you know, or wearing, wearing the ankh or different aspects of the two-fold ankh. I'll see people wearing the ankh with the scarab beetle in the middle. Of it. I'll see all these symbols, but the symbols impart energy to the subconscious mind. So when you're wearing, per se, a talisman or a symbol, you're supposed to charge that talisman or symbol that you wear with your own personal energy that energy, you should take that to your shrine because you, you can purify and cleanse it with sea salt and water and a good, a real good quality incense. You can smoke it and purify it with that and then charge it with your own personal affirmation before you, before you even wear it. You should never ever buy anything in the store or online and just throw it around your neck because any energy that was impressed upon that before you got it is still there. So you need to cleanse it first, and then you need to charge it with your own spiritual energy before you actually wear it. And you should know what the symbol means, because the symbol should speak a powerful aspect to the subconscious mind. Now, again, when I – I'll see people wearing – I'll just ask them, and they just give me the basic, what, what is the, uh, it's the key to the next life? I mean, really? That's, that's your definition? That's what you're going to explain to me? How was it used in magical workings? It's, it's, it's a workings?
4: symbol of eternal life, brother. It's, yeah, it's, brother. A black, <laughs> it's
2: a black woman and a black
4: man, brother.
2: Yeah, yeah. But then when you ask them shit like, well, how was it used in magical workings? What did it represent in the coming forth by day ceremony? When you go into the pyramid text and you look at the symbology of how it was used, it has a certain symbol when it was held sideways upright it meant a multitude of things but when we leave the surface level of it what is the stamped impression it really leaves on the subconscious mind you understand same thing with sagi magic and symbols even when you get into the aspect of Paulo, uh amongst the west african traditions you have watered down versions of it versions of it today practiced in santeria uh, they use a lot of sagis and symbols uh, that represent certain states of consciousness to some of the deities which really is a representation of a certain state of consciousness in your, in, your, in your subconscious mind. So all this stuff are powerful tools. And, again, we haven't even really, uh, you know, we'll, we'll maybe take that up in the next show. I don't want to get too much into symbol magic right now and Sigis and signs, and, but it's powerful. We'll get, we'll get more in-depth on, on charging talismans. That's another important thing. Uh, you know, working spiritual magic cleansing. You know, a lot of people don't really know how to cleanse their sacred space, believe it or not. Um, there's, there's many, a multitude of different things you can do, um, which ties into the banishing or the cleansing aspects. Um, but again, we, we, we can be here all night talking about that. Let's go back to the phone. I think we got my, my good brother. This is my good brother, Jack Charles. I think Let me see if I can get him man. Brother Jack, you're on the call, brother. Brother Jack, what's up? What's going on, brother? What's going on tonight? What's going on, brother? All cool and shit. with The Barry White voice What's up there, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, My boy, sorry, sorry
4: Gigi, man. The Facebook man them, them 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 little messages be funny
1: bro but these people, <laughs> which, one? Like. which one which All one
2: of, <laughs> yeah so yeah if show i show you if I show you the shit that I get on Facebook man I'm telling you brother it's the funniest shit you ever seen in your life I get pictures of niggas meditating on rocks fucking uh, oh, waterfalls oh, yeah, uh, you know, what's the other one that, that saw sent me, We uh we call them Photoshop gurus, you know. You know, sending, <laughs> sending pictures with their eyes or eyes all illuminated, you know. Mm-hmm. See these these, these you, know, you know these uh these are like Negroes craving for attention. See, this these are people that weren't breastfed when they were kids. See, these are these are these are your Facebook, <laughs> these are your Facebook magicians, brother. And I'm glad you bring that up because these are people that are craving for attention, and and they got and they got to do things to be seen. It is sad. I mean, I, I hit the delete button. Some crazy shit. Well, did you have a question or a comment, brother Jiggle?
4: Nah, this one so show love, man. It's a it's a good night for not to be listening, but uh, a lot of Yo, people. Yo, I meant
2: to ask you, that. since I got yeah. you on the phone, brother. You coming? You coming to the to the uh, class on Sunday? Yeah, I'm coming, man. I'm bringing a uh, little Jackie with me, too, so I'm going to be out there. All right, all right. Are you going to head straight out there, or are you going to come this way?
4: Uh,
2: I'd probably come that way, man. All right, well, let me um, know, man. To definitely know. hit me up. Give me, give me, uh, hit me up on Saturday, all right? All right, sure, no problem. All right, brother. Appreciate the call, man. Appreciate you listening. All right. All right, cool. All right, yeah, that was Brother Jack. Uh, he's he's a local brother down here uh good brother of mine I know him for many years. Um all right, let's see. I think uh brother sorry anything you wanted to add? I think maybe we could just finish up. Uh is there anything that you wanted to add? No, I'm good brother. You good? Alright, so what I think we're gonna do tonight, because I got gotta I got a I long day tomorrow. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it a little bit short tonight. Uh only because of some personal stuff I gotta handle. Uh Gotta get some stuff in order, um, but I, I hope uh, the basics. We again, we scratched the surface tonight. We're gonna do. We're gonna continue on this topic for the next couple of weeks. Probably do a three-part series on this. Um, I think next week what we can do is definitely focus on, you know, maybe some sigils and, and and symbol magic and talismans and and cleaning your sacred space. You know, working at your shrine, kind of get into altars and things of that nature. Because again, I wanna I wanna but, you know, go back to something that we were talking about real quick in the beginning of the show, um, which, is, which is very important. The difference between when you're invoking the spirits, and we didn't even get, it, get into incantations or conjurations, when you're doing that, you're not asking. And I want to I make sure people understand the difference. I'll hear people say affirmations because when you ask, it's kind of a form. It's kind of a form of prayer, and that's not the way to work spiritual magic because prayer is not something that really, it, it's, it's, it's done on faith. It's done on belief, which belief is things, you know, that you have trust in that have not been confirmed or proven. So when you ask, that's the wrong way when you're invoking the spirits. Invoking is petitioning the spirits, okay? You're petitioning the spirits for a certain situation, so when you petition or invoke, it it has more of a powerful intent behind it. So when you when you're trying to petition them spirits, for an example, at, at, at your shrine, if you're working candle magic, you're you're petitioning their energy to descend down upon your sacred space, and and influence the magical working you're doing. That's why I had used the example in the beginning of the show, invoking the spirit of Tehuti, Okay, there's a way to do that. Um, for an example, again, we could switch to say the deity Shango and the Aruba culture representing the fire element. One can invoke Shango, obviously with the color red, which is one of his colors. Uh one can invoke the Shango archaeotype because he is also uh has another path or aspect of the master drummer. Um so drums are also a key in in activating these energy centers. Um and we haven't even really gotten into that and and, and I'm gonna tell you this. Drums are super important in working spiritual and magical rituals. Um, so you can incorporate the colors, uh, the different aspects that are connected to these deities. We also know Shango is the fire element. Shango also has a warrior aspect. Um, now, when you work with some of these deities, people focus on the obvious. And I'll speak on one for an example, Oshun. And me being initiated into the Aruba, the path that I have, for say Oshun, everybody – everybody automatically affiliates Oshun with the deity of the goddess of love and sex and, 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 and material, uh, you know, material things and prosperity. That's, there's also a dark aspect of Oshun, and the path that I'm personally connected to is, is a, a witch or a magician that resided down by the, by the ocean or the seaside, symbolic. And it's an old sorcerer or magician. So they have many different paths, and I'm just using the Yoruba one for, for for an aspect. But people get caught up in the trivial stuff of it. But when you work with that aspect, too, you have to understand. You have to work with the archetype aspect of it. Don't take on the persona that people that get initiated in this stuff say, oh, well, I am Shango or I am Obatala. No, you're not. You have to learn to tap in to a fragment of the archetype energy that those deities represent. So there's many different paths. You're going to find that when you work with different cultures, and they all tie in to certain personality traits, characteristics, and the energy that you're tapping into. So when you're tapping into a path of a specific deity, make sure you understand that path because you're activating the specific aspect of that deity. So if one was to aspect the old sorcerer magician aspect of Oshun, you'd be dealing with, what we would simply call the the magical aspect of things, if one was dealing on a more mundane or physical level, then you would invoke the aspect of the part of that deity that deals with financial prosperity, things of that nature, all right, so we'll get more into that actually on the on the next show we'll We'll continue this discussion um, but I think we've covered a lot of information um in the last two hours or so. And we like people to marinate on it. You know, if you miss something, again, you know, all the shows are archived. You can go back and listen to them um, from the beginning if there's something you missed. Um, And I think we'll kind of stop there. So, uh, Brother um, Asar, if you had any closing comments, go ahead, Brother.
4: Peace is Brother Asar Giddy. And you can contact us on Facebook, Awakening Universal Minds. Also, you can contact my personal Facebook, Asarghede, A-U-S-A-R-G-H-E-D-E, Asarghede, or you can contact my email, asarghede at com. And as i stated on many other shows, do the work, but understand what the work is is the most important part of that.
2: That's you right. Do
4: the work but you have to understand what is your personal work because everybody's work is different.
2: That's right. Actually, what, important. what do
4: you have to work on? What do you have to practice? What do you have to delve into for your personal transformation? And that's important to find out and understand because if you don't understand what your work is, I don't give a fuck how many books you read, how many rituals you practice. That shit don't mean nothing to you.
2: That's right. Excellent point. That's, appreciate. It. That's all I wanted um, to say. Peace. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Again, um, you can contact myself, brother Beniti, uh, at khnum19 at gmail dot com. And for anybody that's in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, South Florida area, uh, we'll be doing a class lecture this Saturday night, seven thirty p.m. at Sophia's Garden of my at North Miami Beach. Um, it's free, there's no charge uh, so the mission is free um, I'll be out there, I'll have a gang of books, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about tonight, I have plenty of books on these subjects, uh, there'll be uh, some vegan food out there, some other vendors um, so if anybody's in the area and wants to come be more than happy to come On to my Mother Nubia Inc. Google page, I have over forty something videos up there on various topics that we're talking about right now. Uh, again, that's Mother Nubia Inc., the Google page you'll see. I'm sorry, YouTube, which is tied into the Google. I'm sorry. If you go on Mother Nubia Inc. on YouTube, uh you'll see I have a bunch of videos on there. And on the Mother Nubia Inc. Google page, all the radio shows Awakening Universal Minds are linked on there. We have all the shows posted up there, archived, with the link to the uh, main show page. Uh, And like my brother said, you can also go on to the Awakening Universal Minds page. Uh, Any questions, comments, or maybe if there's a topic or a show you would be interested in us doing, we appreciate the suggestions. We'll take it into high consideration. Uh, Please don't email us any pictures of your ass meditating on rocks and shit because we just couldn't delete it. Um, Don't send any of those pitches because uh, we get some funny ass emails. Uh, when, when it's a personal moment, we're not interested in your personal uh, moments and your spirituality. So just keep it that personal. Um, <laughs>
1: hey,
4: brother, yeah, very,
2: I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send you a video of us, chanting, brother. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna I chant by, by a photo. river, brother. We're gonna chant by a river. Yeah, I'm gonna photo crop flame coming out of my hand and make it look really spiritual, and then I'm gonna put it on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, oh that's man, you
4: talk about some hilarious spooky yeah. stuff, man.
2: Yeah, we got some you got some characters out there. But again, if if you need any information on any of the events or any of the things we talked about, again, you can email me at khmum19 at gmail dot com. Uh, I guess that's all we got for you this week. Uh We will continue this discussion next week on the dark arts and black magic. And we'll get a little bit more. We'll focus on specific areas next week. We'll, we'll. I wanted to get into some candle magic. We'll start with candle magic, symbol and sagi magic, uh, and uh, talismans. I think we'll work with that next week because um, this is a vast topic. When And I kind of also want to get into the different cultures and systems that we didn't really even really uh, were able to get into detail on that. So we'll see if we can spread that out over the next couple of weeks. Um, and, again, appreciate all the listeners. Shout out to all the people. Uh, we know we got people listening in Australia, Brazil, Europe, the Caribbean, St. Vincent, St. Croix, Jamaica, Trinidad. Uh, who am I missing, brother? All over the United States, we know everybody on the West Coast, uh, California, Chicago, New York, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, St. Louis, uh, New York, obviously can't forget New York, uh, all throughout Florida. We appreciate you. If we missed you, it wasn't intentional. Uh, we just wanted to show our gratitude and And, again, the main purpose of this show is just share this information with somebody, man. Pass this information on to somebody. Um, We're not trying to recruit nobody for nothing. We're just trying to raise, as the show says, we're trying to wake universal minds and uh, just get people vibrating on that same frequency. So we'll see everybody next week. We'll see you next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, remember, do the work. Peace.